This is my second podcast on functional medicine. For those of you that listened to the first one, we spoke about the definition of functional medicine, otherwise known as biological systems medicine, and how potentially crucial it is for the future of care of human beings that the system of biological systems root cause medicine becomes closely aligned with allopathic medicine into integrative care and that healthcare professionals uh, deliver this kind of care in a, a multidisciplinary team format. I wanted to talk a little bit though about diet because last time we we also touched on how important the gut was and also the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, that is the James Bond and MI5 immune system that keeps us in balance with the trillions of organisms that we live with. When we looked at the genome and our marvellous scientists were looking at genetics and trying to establish exactly you know what functions our genes had it was pretty obvious that most of the genes that they were looking at were not human and in fact we are an ecosystem and we are vastly outnumbered by trillions of cells organisms bacteria fungi yeast parasites viruses So we live in glorious symbiosis or synergism, i.e. happily. So just like a good marriage, you know, that works and can work beautifully. But um, obviously when we begin to get symptoms or uh, even disease labels uh, attached to us, then that means that that beautiful little symbiotic system is going wrong. So the gut and the immune system are absolutely key. So that so it logically means that you know to me anyway maybe to to be honest because we weren't trained in nutrition this may not be logical to doctors uh, with our past training but when you really do think about it it is logical that what drives the balance of the microbiome in the gut, i.e. the trillions of organisms, uh, is our diet and the way we digest healthily and absorb. So what type of diet should we be eating? Uh, To be honest, we are all different and we all require slight variations on a theme with our diets. We only have to look at gluten, for example. Gluten, you know, really can be hugely deleterious for those people who have celiac disease. 1% of people have celiac disease, which is um, a medical term for uh, a, a reaction to gluten occurring in the gut, measurable by certain blood tests. Okay. The names maybe don't matter, but endomyceal and gliadin antibodies are quite key. But did you know that 
another 29% of people have a very severe reaction to gluten. We call it non-celiac gluten sensitivity for the sake of the fact that we're not really very creative and can't think of a better word. But actually, essentially, those people do get very severe reactions to gluten, and I see them all the time. However, there's not much written about it in the books, in the medical books. But Alessio Fasano, um, a very a clever Italian doctor from Harvard University, has described this and has done a lot of research. It is notable too that gluten exerts this difficult effect by opening the gut wall. It is likely that we, we, i.e. those people who have severe reactions to gluten are unable to break gluten down due to the deficiency of something called, called DPP4. Okay, but bear in mind, as we all get older, we all get deficiencies of that DPP4 enzyme. And therefore, as we get older, it is a pretty good idea to stop gluten at some point in our lives. If we're going to maintain at least part of our health. The DPP4 enzyme can be replaced um, you know, and we can buy that in supplement form, so that's worth knowing. But I think gluten and its cross-reactions with other grains and with dairy are very key to know and think about and try to understand when you are thinking about illness. And it is because it is not digested properly in many of us and increases the level of something called zonulin. And zonulin, what does that do? It helps to break down some of the proteins that hold the single layer of cells together in the gut wall. It is extremely hard to believe that when you think of the gut wall as the size of two doubles tennis courts, if you open it out, that the actual absorption surface is only one cell thick. What an incredibly sophisticated system it is. So in terms of diet, I always start by saying, look, gluten isn't so good. Neither is dairy in terms of its cross-reaction with gluten and neither are other grains. So have a think about that and don't make decisions based on listening to something on a podcast. Read about it. Go and talk to your doctors. Go and talk to a nutritionist. Maybe do an elimination diet where you, um, you know, remove certain foods from your diet just to see how you get on. So that that's the first point I think I wanted to to, to mention today. Um, the, the second point is that, by and large, the human body contrary to what we've been told all our lives, i.e. to have low-fat diets because we've got to keep our cholesterol down, um, the human body actually does better on high healthy fat. I'm not talking about crisps and chips and McDonald's and the bad fats. We're talking about good healthy fats. And if we have 
high healthy fat and a low carbohydrate diet, i.e. low sugar or low complex carbohydrates, we've already, already talked about complex carbohydrates, i.e. those grains, um, and, and, and trying to remove those, or at least undergo an elimination diet by removing those. Uh, but if we also add in some a higher level of healthy fat, and we can talk about that in more detail at some point, healthy fats, what are they? Then our body, which interestingly um, is helped in many ways by fat. Let me tell you how. For example, um, in our mitochondria, do you remember your biology lessons at school where you have the cell and the nucleus and the little oblong shaped things with round ends? They're called mitochondria. There's 200 in every cell except the brain and the heart where there are 10,000 in each cell. They do better in producing ATP. Remember ATP? Remember the Krebs cycle? ATP, that's our energy. That's our units of energy. That's So if the mitochondria are not working, we get very, very tired. But those mitochondria work much better when their membranes or their coverings, their coats, if you like, are uh, fit and well. And what are they made of? Yes, you guessed it. They're made of fat. As are all membranes in the human body, they're made of fat. A double layer of phospholipids um, and some saturated fats. Cholesterol is quite important. Cholesterol gives those uh, membranes its um, a bit more of a firm structure, as do the saturated or waxy fats. So those membranes are, are very key in the mitochondria. And they, um, as I say, if the, if the mitochondria are working very well, we use fat also as a substrate to drive into the mitochondria and produce energy much more efficiently, efficiently than we do with carbohydrate. So, so in fact, it's the opposite to what we were told all those years. So fat is, number one, from what I've just said, it's important for... Uh, efficient ATP or energy production and number two it's important for forming the membranes which are a double layer of fatty acids okay so we've so far said that uh, carbohydrate we need to remove as much as possible certainly the, the complex carbohydrate um, which is converted straight to sugars Sugars can be not quite difficult for the human body. We also need to move towards high healthy fat. And in going back to carbohydrates, remembering to uh, think carefully about gluten and cross-reactions with grains. And then plenty of colours, loads of vegetables, um, grass-fed meat if possible rather than farmed meat. Um, we want to think about how animals are reared and encourage the purchase of, of meat which has been responsibly produced and line caught fish. And if you're going to purchase anything, try to either grow it yourself organically or purchase organic so that you don't buy food with a lot of uh, pesticides and so on on it. Remember with grains that quite often uh, they have been sprayed with glyphosate or Roundup or weed killers and you know, we, we have to to understand that our body does not do well with these things. 
So, you know, that that really is the mainstay of diet. I've kept it quite simple, but I mean, okay, yes. If you talk to a nutritionist or a dietitian, you're going to get a slightly different theme, whoever you talk to. But the main person that you should listen to is your body and try to understand how your body reacts to certain foods. Um, I'm just going to say one more thing about diet today. And that is that whether our body responds well to a particular food or not so well can be measured and assessed by an elimination diet and removing certain foods and seeing you know the reaction of the human body i mean there are different ways of doing an elimination diet and um, you could always come to speak to us or one of our nutritionists about that but bear in mind we have um, a great allergy specialist who works with us, Dr. Bakshi, and he does skin prick tests and is very, very efficient and experienced in finding out what your body may be reacting to in terms of what we call an IgE-mediated allergic reaction. There are many different types of reactions of the human body to food and other substances, and there are other action, other uh, blood tests and so on that can be carried out, such as those to leukotrienes or IgG and so on. But we're lucky to have a Dr. Bakshi because he does skin tests and not many people do them and he's very skilled at it. So uh, particularly for children who don't like you know, blood tests and who parents don't want to have children, their children to have blood tests when they're very young, uh, indeed babies sometimes, you know, these skin prick tests can be really helpful because you can actually see this skin reddening up and developing a wheel in response to uh, certain types of food. And I think this is really uh, a strong message for uh, removing certain foods for a while uh, to let the body settle down um, and, and settling symptoms down. So there are different ways that we can actually look at how the body is responding, okay? Um, just one other brief word, and that is about gluten. I mentioned the celiac tests, the endomycelial and gliadin antibodies um, that we talked about before. But there are also many other tests where we can uh, use some of the American labs to look at the cross-reactions of gluten with other foods. And also uh, whether or not um, you or your loved ones are responding from an immune perspective to metabolites of gluten okay if that sounds a little bit complicated all i'm saying is that you know we're going to miss most of it basically by just checking for celiac we need to check for these other things too or try an elimination diet for gluten all right um some people work better with tests because you can see it in front of your eyes in black and white when you see that out of 30 uh, tests for gluten you're actually positive for about 20 20 to 25 of them you know um, and your celiac test is negative you know that's actually quite important to know and so the tests can be really helpful but more important is how you feel when you stop one of these foods that are really upsetting you um, so today we've talked about uh, the, the way the body reacts unfavorably to gluten uh, and to sometimes cross reactions 
uh, with gluten or to metabolites of gluten. We've talked about the difficulties of the body with sugar and with carbohydrate and how well the body does with a keto diet, which is high healthy fat and how that will help to rebuild membranes and to uh, produce efficient uh, production of energy from the mitochondria. So we've talked about those things and also the movement towards um, keto, paleo, which is pre-war before we had, uh, we ploughed the fields and had grains, so that's no grains, and Aryan, so vegetarian. So we're talking about high fat, very low grain and carbohydrate and plenty of veg and organic fruit and um, nuts and seeds, hopefully low sugar fruit if possible such as berries um so i hope that's given you a little bit of food for thought forgive the pun and um if you have any questions always contact us uh you know where we are and i look forward to speaking to you again soon and next time i'm wondering whether we should think about talking about say detoxification or biotransformation i.e Uh, calling the dustbin lorries to get rid of waste in our body and trying to clean up our body burden and clean up our bodies to give us more reserve. So that's what I'll be talking about next. Lovely to share this with you and I look forward to sharing again soon.